sound of play, we bring you an eclectic fortnightly mixtape of some of our and your favourite pieces from the many sublime and ridiculous video game soundtracks we've enjoyed and endured over the decades. Joining me, Leon Cox, in Sound of Play 24 is Jay Taylor. Hello. And that's it. Just Jay. Because this is a listener community request special. Um, I realised as I was recording the... uh, the David Housden show that we did recently. Thanks again to David for joining us as a guest. That uh, are all these all these shows, all this time we've been saying, and we will definitely include a, a selection of your requests in every show, and then we didn't. So how can we make this up to you? Make it an all request special, our second of these. But uh, unless you all remember to hop onto the forum at canarince.com slash forum and request more tunes, it will be the last one of these because we're actually starting to run low. Um, we need more requests. We want your requests, your favourite tunes, your quirky tunes, um, things of interest. Uh, please do come post on the forum, share them with us, and uh, and we'll we'll play them. We'll play them to uh, our ever increasing listenership on Sound of Play. Now, what you heard at the start there was uh, a request by Pete here, and he says an overused word, but just epic. When I started up Fantasy Star Online for the first time and connected to the World Wide Web to meet and play with people from around the world, it was just amazing. And the opening really summed this up. I don't know about you, Jay, but that certainly takes me back to exactly that feeling that Peter describes when playing Fantasy Star Online back in the very, very early 2000s. Well, yeah, I mean, I played the game myself, but I never got to play it online because that was still oh. dial-up uh, settings. One of the <laughs> so you played it. You played just the solo. Yeah, it's a bit of a grind. Yeah. The old solo game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, yeah. the magic really happened when you uh, plugged your your phone line. You, you unplugged your your landline, plugged your Dreamcast thirty three k kilohertz modem into the wall. And uh, and raised bills of uh, countless hundreds of pounds a peer a penny a minute or whatever it was, um, yeah it was uh, it it was it was uh, an exciting thing and that and that amazing piece of music uh, known as uh, or title the whole new world by uh, Hideaki Kobayashi and Fumie Kumatani, um, it did really somehow evoke that to me that that incredible epicness uh, fancy star the the traditional rpgs on the master system and mega drive are only games that i'd ever dabbled in but i had to have this because obviously online gaming had already been around on on the pc but i don't know about you but i found it quite um it was quite intimidating because it was technically complicated to get online and the experience tended to be uh back in those days if you jumped online on uh quake 3 or whatever would would was just you know carnage um so this opened up a game where you played in co-op this was like bringing my favorite couch co-op into an online scenario in this beautifully realized world by sonic team for sega on the dreamcast which of course at that point outside of uh computers was capable of the of the most you know beautiful graphics uh in the home uh this was pre-ps2 even so it had the highest resolution graphics compared to the N64 and a PS1 at the time. And it really did, did feel like entering a, a new era of gaming. And, and I suppose it did pave the way, didn't it? But oh, I'm surprised. I'm, I'm sad that you never, you never experienced the joy of playing online with, with uh, people from all over the world. No, I had to, yeah, I saved that until it was uh, Rainbow Six was my first ever online game. 
yeah killing um, for you yeah, well, well yeah but i mean i'd agree with the co-op actually i like i much yeah. prefer even today much prefer cooperative experiences than than competitive so yeah even when it's co-op versus like in mm. um say something like uh, the last of us multiplayer where you've got a very tight oh, yeah. team of four yeah. um but yeah things are left for dead as well um uh, which you never really played did you that's another one it's another one you missed out on um no i played the first one oh, okay. i put some time in on that on the the uh, 360 i was still using a gold account at the time ah uh, yeah good stuff my mistake all right uh thanks to peter for that one and uh jay next up all right next we have paps frittis i've been a fan of the warrior wire series from the beginning and although it's definitely most known for its visuals and wacky design i think the music is often overlooked in the series the track that resonates with me is body rock from warrior wire diy Jimmy T dons his aerobic exercise outfit and works out while you go through his micro games, but it feels like you're working out with him. The cheesy lyrics, as well as the scratchy sound of the speakers on the DS would give off the impression of actual old school 80s VHS exercise tape being popped into the VCR in my childhood days. known i think as uh well where i found it it's known as jimmy's aerobics and uh by takaru kanazaki and kenichi nishimaki um warioware diy is the only game in the series that i think i haven't played really apart from the uh the outlier that arrived on wii u a, a little while back which arguably isn't part of the warioware canon anyway um but yeah that was the warioware diy uh, game where you could make your own micro games which uh, seems appropriate as we record this uh, just a few days after super mario makers come out on uh, super mario's 30th anniversary anyway we talked all about the uh, warioware series really but mainly we focused on the first the original gba game uh, warioware inc mega micro games um in issue 165 of the Kane and Rinse podcast. Uh, yes, the uh, 
the request there from Paps Fritters, he was actually talking about how much he enjoyed the way the music speeds up as you play. Um, but we can't really uh, share that one with you because it's uh, it's covered in game sound effects and and it'll drive you a little bit mad in isolation and goes on for ages. So that's that's your basic Jimmy tune there. Now something else topical from uh, Dom's beard, who is topical himself as Gears of War uh, Ultimate Edition has just come out. Uh, he wants something from a recent game called <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. Dom's beard says, after the trailer, I have to put this in. It fits perfectly with the video and sounds like a cross between a Bond theme and an end credits song. Very Kojima and humps back to the Snake Eater song. Brilliant. So this is Quiet's theme. So regardless of what you think of the representation <laughs> of scantily clad, slutty sniper, it's quiet in Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain. That tune by Akihiro Honda is, I would say, yes, it is rather beautiful. Um, the lyrics by Ludwig Forsell, slightly less beautiful, I would, I would say, a, li- a little, a little obvious. Um, but a fine performance from Stephanie Houston, who is the the model and actor, motion captor, um, and singer there for for Quiet. So. I own the Phantom Pain, but 
I haven't played it yet, Jay. Uh, we spent a considerable time before <laughs> recording this podcast talking about uh, how you're going with Metal Gear Solid Five. So, uh, you enjoying it? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the 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 best uh, one of the best kinds of game you can ever get is the surprise purchase from your <laughs> uh, your partner. I think, and uh, this was this was what you got here. Uh, I remember pretty much every ever ever. Every surprise game ever I've got from uh, the best kind, I think. Yeah, it's such yeah. a it's such a buzz, isn't it? And like yeah. you know, you well, know true. they thought of you and spent all that money. Well, the thing is, I was I was sat actually playing Dragon's Dogma mm. <laughs> at the time because I thought I wanted to um, finally get around to clocking Bitter Black Island, and I knew that everybody <laughs> all you know even even before this was the official launch day. Even before then, people were already playing it on my friends list. And oh, I yes. thought, I yeah. need to stay off the PS4 because that's going to wind me up because seeing everybody on this game. And then I, I went on Dragon's Dogma and then suddenly I heard this drop through the letterbox. I thought, that sounded loud. What was that? Went over and there it was. And I was like, I knew as soon as I saw the box, it was like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's just amazing. Superb uh, work from Kai there permanent smile on my face for the next week and well like next last couple of weeks really i think and now she's completely fed up of it of course wishes wishes she'd never bought it for you although it <laughs> yeah. keeps you off the streets true yeah yeah we uh we covered the entire metal gear series uh from the original games on the msx all the way up to metal gear solid 4 guns of the patriots that was the the latest game at the time uh between uh, issues 23 and 49 of the Kane and Rince podcast, all of which are still available, uh, of course. And someday, no doubt, we will do Ground Zeroes and The Phantom Pain. Mm. As Peter said earlier, epic podcasts as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Before we were strict about our two-hour time limit. So a few of those are a bit longer. If you want something to accompany you on a, on a long car journey or, or whatever, um, you can listen to our, our Metal Gear Solid shows. Uh, now, uh, back over to you for our next request in this all-listener special. All right, next we have Ash. Do video games get any more lovable than Mr. Driller? No. No, they don't. <laughs> it's charming characters, colourful blocks, satisfying sound effects and fast-paced gameplay make it an absolute joy to play. And the wildly imaginative and energetic soundtrack of Mr. Driller, Drill Land on the GameCube only makes the experience even more of a pleasure. I have no idea what the vocalists in this track are singing about, but when I hear it, I can't help but imagine a joyous celebration of video games themselves. Pull off a perfect descent through the depths of drill land while the song plays in the background, and I challenge you to do it without a smile on your face.
with apologies for my pronunciation, it's Boku no Chikyu Bokura no Chikyu by Masaru Shina, or Go Shina, as he's often known, a veteran composer of uh, Namco. Well, I say veteran, he actually only uh, arrived in 1998, just the year before the original Mr. Driller uh, came out, and uh, the Mr. Driller series ran for some years. He's also worked on Ace Combat and uh, Tekken, and of course, the God Eater series. Um, I absolutely adore the music of Mr. Driller. Um, I wrote uh, a little article about some of it for Kane Rince some time ago. If you search Mr. Driller, that's what will come up because we haven't covered those games on the podcast yet. Um, Mr. Driller Drill Land is a game sadly missing from my personal collection, although I've played all the other Mr. Driller games um, because of, uh, well, it only ever came out in Japan on the GameCube. And it was a game that you couldn't really play with an import enable, enabling disc because it would format your memory card every time. So my friend Pete, being such a big fan of Mr. Driller, when he went over to Japan, actually bought a, a spice-coloured Japan-only GameCube and a copy of Mr. Driller Drill Land just to play, just to play on that very machine. So, um, yeah, I'm quite a fan. It's uh, I, I think it's a, a series that, well, it's, yeah, it's it's... It's got a charm, and and I think it's um it's sort of not not that widely appreciated, um especially as it's uh it's the the uh, descendant of uh, a rather more famous Namco game, Dig Dug. But anyway, enough of this. A Another spice joke. coloured GameCube. What colour is that? Spice is uh, orange colour. It's a sort oh, of, that's the orange one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's a sort of um I don't know. Would you call it dirty orange? Yeah, no, I know. Uh, yeah, yeah. I actually, yeah, that, I actually really like that colour as well. It's cool. And, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm quite a fan of the uh, your basic purple GameCube. Um, and obviously they did black ones and silver mm. ones and stuff, but the spice colour uh, is very much Japanese only. Uh, yes, so from one uh, Japanese game to another, this one's by uh, Innis, the rhythm action people mainly, and uh, for Koei. And this is a request from the human sneeze, who is Papa Pichu. After listening to Sound of Play 14, I had to dive deeper into the Parappa the Rapper songs. Watching and listening to these old soundtracks sparked a nostalgic memory of playing Guitaru Man Lives on my PSP way back when. While the game is generally quite energetic and over the top, it takes a completely different shape on one of the levels where U1 has a moment with a girl named Kira who bears a striking resemblance to his old flame, Pico. U1 plays this beautiful acoustic song called Legendary Theme that still, to this day, makes the hair on my arms stand up.
Tomohiro Harada's legendary, the legendary theme, and that's the acoustic version. People who have played the wonderful Guitaru Man will know, of course, that there is a, a full-blown rock version of that in the uh, the final uh, showdown at the end of the game. Uh, it's a wonderful thing indeed. Um, the original game was of P- uh, PS2, of course, before that PSP version. Uh, I heartily recommend people seek it out, especially if you still have a PS2 and can play the game through speakers. Uh, it's from the sort of the golden era of rhythm action games and um, features, yeah, a whole bunch of tunes. It's a game we should definitely do a Kane and Rinse podcast of someday. I would love to do that. I was pretty good at that game as well. <laughs> the uh, the dub reggae uh, shark that defeats most people I could do without without missing a single note. Oh, yes. Enough of me showing off. Uh, over to Jay for, for uh, track number six. All right, Solm. This one's from the Medal of Honor reboot from 2010. I've always loved Medal of Honor games from the PS1 right through to the latest one, Warfighter. I've been listening to this album for the last year and I'm still not bored of it. The composer is Ramin Jawadi and the track I would like to nominate is called Watch Your Corners. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do.
also Ramin Jawadi there uh, since 2008. Well, um, he was here, he was on the Iron Man soundtrack. He, that was one of his. Uh, the first Iron Man movie. Pacific Rim as well. And he's currently working on Warcraft with Duncan Jones, which should be quite something. And uh, in the world of TV, the Game of Thrones, not the Game of Thrones. Oh, fans will want to kill me for that. <laughs> Prison Break, Game of Thrones, and um, Westworld coming up. Oh, man, that, that Westworld series looks intriguing, to say the least. based on the Michael Crichton. Mm. Yeah, good stuff. Um, yeah, uh, an interesting selection there. I never got past the first level of that game because I thought it was dull. But um, I know some people liked it. Isn't it always a way? But yeah, cool, cool composition. Next up, we have the Sniper Gecko. And this is from a very recent game, one that I very much want to play but haven't got round to yet. Will it go to PlayStation Plus? Should I spend money on it? I think I definitely should. It looks beautiful. It looks sounds right down, right up my alley, right down my street. And it's uh, everybody's It literally is right down your street as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, made in Brighton, in the, uh, in the Chinese room, wherever that may be. Maybe I should just knock on their door and ask for a job. Uh, so the Sniper Gecko says, uh, just hearing the that opening first few seconds immediately takes me back to the game's opening sequence and all the feels that come with it. feels and all the earth from the very talented jessica curry uh obviously we haven't done everybody's gone to the rapture on cana rinse just yet because it's very very new it's a ps4 exclusive at this point i suspect it's coming to pc i think it is in fact later this year um so more people will get to play it and uh what i would say is that we did cover um chinese room's previous game dear esther back in uh, issue 34 hmm. I was going to say 134. No, issue 34, along with the game Vessel. Completely unrelated, um, but that was when we used to do two games in one podcast. Can you imagine such crazy ambition and tomfoolery <laughs> as that? Yeah, we knocked that on the head after a while. Um, 
But yes, thanks for that request, Sniper Gecko. Now our penultimate track. This is a favourite of yours, Jay. So uh, over to you. Oh yeah. So Beck says, uh, I received Tearaway for Christmas as a surprise gift. That's kind. Yeah. And fell in love with its charm. My favourite track is The Orchards. So we covered Tearaway uh, back on Cader Mint's issue 138. And again, this is kind of topical because Tearaway Unfolded is out now in shops and on PSN. It's a mid-price game. Um, 
I haven't heard, uh, well, I saw a chart, an article about this week's charts or last week's charts, and uh, and I believe it had come in at number 33 or something. So uh, compared to, say, Super Mario Maker's number two in the charts. So I think it's fair to say it probably isn't going to sell, uh, you know, it's not the sort of game that's going to sell loads and loads on, on week one. But I think over time, people will pick it up in sales. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's a Sony released game. So I think there's every chance that... Um, uh, it'll it'll end up coming to PS Plus, um, but it's nice that I think it, I mean when we talked about Tearaway, I, I know some people really really loved it, um, and we talked about it on the podcast, and and I was I re- I liked it a lot, but I was slightly underwhelmed. But I I am keen to play play more in that world because mm. partly because of the music, the way it looked and the way it sounded, and just having another another set of Tearaway levels. Um, and with the different mechanics that maybe playing it on the traditional controller will bring in. Are you going to get this at some point, Jack? Um Yeah, I didn't realise it was a mid-price game, so I'm kind of interested. Um, yeah, yeah, it's like 30 quid uh, on yeah. PSN. You can probably get it cheaper in shops, you know, from Simply Games or Shop 2 or wherever. I don't know. Mm. I'm definitely, definitely sold on this. I mean, I, at some point I will undoubtedly pick it up because I, um, I, I love the, the first, I love the original. Yeah. Um, and the idea of being able to play it on a bigger screen is yeah. uh, is enticing. Yeah. And you know, like, yeah, I mean, go listen to the podcast because my thoughts are pretty much summed up on that. But I, you know, great, great game, great little game, great little sound. Well, great soundtrack as well. Um, yeah, we had some correspondence with um, Kenny Young, didn't we? Um, following our podcast, that's and, right. Yeah, and, yeah. And I'm not sure if he still listens. I don't know if he listens to Sound of Play. We've just used one of your tracks without your permission, Kenny. <laughs> Um, but we love it. Is that okay? Uh, and Brian Oliveira also worked on the soundtrack um, to Tear Away. Uh, yeah, really interesting stuff using mm. instruments that you don't hear every day in a video game soundtrack. Now, before we conclude, as you've heard once again, it's not just about what we like. In fact, it wasn't at all in this show. So please, please continue to venture over to our forum at canorince.com where we need you. We need you to request your favourites and we'll continue to include a selection of those in the playlist for, well, almost every show. We may have some more uh, guests lined up where we'll be asking them to pick their favourites and their own compositions, but that one seemed to go down well, so hopefully you'll enjoy more of those. Um, But spare us us from our own indulgence by stopping us having like three or four picks each on a show and and get yours crowbarred in there. Uh, We're genuinely running low, genuinely. Um, not to make us sound unpopular or anything, but maybe you think that your pick won't get picked if you post, but it probably would. So hit the thread up right now and get it requested. Um, And also, we're still quite low on uh, iTunes reviews for Sound of Play. Not so with the main podcast. We got flipping loads. But for Sound of Play... It's a bit neglected. So again, if you, particularly if you uh, subscribe on iTunes, which we love you to do, uh, get on there and just write us a little review or at least leave us a, a rating out of five stars. We do appreciate it. So our final track, we we could only put this one at the end because uh, with, with no disrespect to David Hartley, who's kindly requested this, this may be one that you may want to skip. Uh, are you familiar with this Jay before I go into the spiel have you you must have heard this even though you're not a kind of cutesy platformer Nintendo kind of guy no I haven't no but is this is this along the lines of um, 
uh, a conquer's bad fur type situation. Uh, it's I'll not as funny that. as that. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're, you're putting the show together, so, yeah. so you'll get to hear it. Um, David Hartley says, okay, bear with me on this one. I would like very much for you fellas to play the DK rap from the pre-title sequence of Donkey Kong 64. I know it's awful. I know it's not particularly funny or witty or clever. I know it's mostly just really annoying and dated, but it's also kind of great. It symbolises a time in gaming history when there was a bit more freedom to be silly, when gaming didn't take itself so seriously. Where Rare were very much at the foreground of that spirit, while also being very much at the top of their game. The DK rap was born of the same daftness that hid bits of cheese in every level of Perfect Dark, that gave us slappers only in multiplayer Goldeneye, and of course that gave life to the great Mighty Pooh in Conker's Bad Fur Day. Donkey Kong 64 is a daft Looney Tune-like romp of a game, exuberant, colourful and vibrant, with a great heart for fun and a joy in its own ridiculous world. Composed by Grant Kirkhope, inspired by Run DMC, eternally hated by many, but well worth a revival for all those reasons and more. Come on, sound of play, take it to the fridge. And that we will, after me, Leon Cox, has thanked him, Jay Taylor, and yes, take it to the fridge.
Yeah.